Welcome to The Adjusted Reality, a podcast series trusted by the adjusted and brought to you by the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress. Today, we are going to connect with a past Olympian turned doctor of chiropractic as she unpacks her Olympic career and how it led her to where she is today. Stay with me as we speak to the wonderful Dr. Erica Witter-Davis. Dr. Erica attended the University of Tennessee, Knoxville on an athletic scholarship and went on to obtain her Bachelor's of Science degree in biochemistry and was a three-time All-American in track and field. After her four years competing at the collegiate level, Dr. Witter Davis continued her athletic endeavors on the world stage. She competed professionally as a sprinter, becoming a national champion in the 100 meter and 200 meter, as well as competing at the Sydney Olympics in 2000 and world championships in 2001. Dr. Witter Davis became the interim sprints and hurdler coach at the University of Tennessee, which allowed her to coordinate workouts demonstrate proper lifting techniques, circuit weight training programs, incorporating strength and agility designed to maximize each athlete's potential. The realm of athletics and fitness opened the door to chiropractic. Dr. Witter Davis then went on to graduate from Southern California University of Health Science, cum laude, and was the recipient of the President's Award. And the rest is history. Welcome, Dr. Erica. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure to have you. Now, we have a lot to unpack here because you really do have one of the most beautiful stories of an athlete and then turning into, I'm not going to spoil it for our listeners, but turning into something really fantastic. Can you start at the beginning? How did you get to the Olympic level? So um, I started track and field basically because my brothers were doing it really. I'm um, the youngest, so I wanted to do what they were doing and they were running and I was like, hey, let me give this a try. So it was watching my brothers do that and then kind of following their footsteps, start um, running and training and doing summer club track and then really making a name for myself in high school where you know, kind of to the point where the city kind of stopped to try to come out to the track meets and watch us compete during those times. And it was such a great, great experience. From there, I got into uh, the University of Tennessee. So I got a track and field scholarship, which was great for for someone um, kind of wanting to develop my skills a little bit more, um, get it faster, um, learn what it is to be an athlete both inside and out. And so that was a huge, huge accomplishment for me. And then nearing the end of my time there, it was my teammate who said, you know what, you should actually try out for the Olympics and, and, and do the national championships and see what plays out for you. And honestly, that was not on my goals to do. Like it wasn't in my vision to do it at the beginning. But after thinking about it for a while, I was like, yeah, I think this is something I should try and do and I should attempt to do it. Went, went back, did my nationals, and ended up placing in the top four and made the team. Wow. 
That's pretty exciting. And to think that you just did it because your brothers were kind of doing it. So you thought you'd go along, you know, I having brothers myself, it's always a nice thing to fit into their world and see what they're doing and always look up to them on how we can be the best we can be through our own siblings experience. So that's, that's a nice bring in. Now tell me, and that probably helped you train too, because they're probably pushing you and getting you excited about your own events. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, when you are dealing with older siblings, there's a lot of, of emulation that you're trying to do. Um, you're really trying to get in there and, and say, hey, you know, kind of look at me too. Like I can do this too. Sure. And uh, they were absolutely instrumental in helping me move to the next level. It's always good to give that um, feedback to, to your siblings, because it's, it's always authentic. It's, you know, your siblings don't hold back when they want to tell you something. So it's, it's good to have that kind of feedback. I'm, I'm sure it helped, but tell me a little bit about when you're training, when you're in that mode of training for the Olympics in the Olympic season coming up, how difficult was it as you were training for the, um, the Olympic season? So it's intense. Uh, I, I can't even put any other word to describe it, but intense because you are coming and lining up against some of the best that are in your country and you have to be ready to go on that day. So it's, it's not like you have another opportunity. You have to be ready for that day. So there's a lot of planning that goes into it. Um, my training that I was doing was six days a week, four hours a day. That's including uh, not just stuff that I was doing on the track, but also in the weight room, um, recovery, things like that that you have to do, which of course included chiropractic care for me as well, because that was allowing me to be able to push my body to the next level whenever my coach would say, this is the workout for today. And there wasn't really a, a oh, I don't really feel like doing that. No, <laughs> you and your coach had a plan and you want to follow that plan. So you're, you, you always had that goal in the back of your mind, like I need to be ready to race. I need to be ready to race on this particular day. And that's it because it's only, you know, 11 seconds or 22 seconds and that's the end of it. So you have to be ready then to, to go. So there was a lot of it that had to deal with getting you physically prepared, but also mentally prepared. A lot of that has to deal with it too, for sure. Let's let's dive into the mental preparedness because I think our audience can all appreciate when we have something really big coming up and we want to be top of our game, whether it's physical or mental. Tell me some of the things that you did in your preparation for the mental optimum outcome. So there was, for me, I used uh, meditation. And I also use a lot of visualization to help me through it to see, you know, how am I going to be getting into the blocks? How am I going to be exploding out of the blocks? What's my reaction when the gun goes off? Where am I going at 20 meters? Where am I supposed to be at 30 meters? There's a lot of visualization that takes place. And I use that a lot when it came to the, the mental preparation. But also I use the races that I did before that to help me prep. So there was a lot of video um, analysis too that I used to see what I was doing at what point in the race and why, and then taking that back to the drawing board to correct or maybe even expand more on so that I would be able to um, put together a good race that allows me to, to 
get to where I need to be or make it onto the team. You said something really important right there, which is the the mental preparation is really visualizing each piece of it. And I think as we get into times that are tougher, especially since, you know, we're, we're in an epidemic with opioid use, we've come through a pandemic, we're starting to see the, the light, hopefully at the end of this very difficult time. And as we prepare ourselves for success and we visualize what we want, I really like that you said where I was going to be at that 20 minute hurdle stage, where I wanted to be. And you're already setting the stage for success mentally. This is where I want to be. I think our audience can all reflect on if we set a bar that is effective for ourselves on where we want to be and maybe taking that minute or two minutes or five minutes in preparation of where we want to be, whether it's a physical challenge that we have coming up or a mental challenge, there's all sorts of preparation that goes involved. And I highly agree with you that meditative time, you can't underestimate the power that it brings. And as you said, that's the preparation part. A lot of us will we'll start out in a training program, a physical training program, and we have to reflect on the recovery or prevention of injury. Can you tell me as you were going through some four hours a day of just being on the track and working with your coach and there wasn't a, Hey, today, I just don't feel good. There's a, let's get it done. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you prevented injuries as you were training? So, yeah, I actually um, had structured, um, I don't want to say like a hard structure on meal plan, but there was a definite understanding of, of the certain foods I need to be eating as well as supplements that I needed. And then I had a chiropractor that I saw um, at least once a week and she was phenomenal. Um, she knew exactly what I was trying to do, what the goals were. And I think that's really important when you're working with anybody is to make sure you state what the goals are so that that person that you're working with can be on the same page with you and you guys are now traveling together on this journey, but she was phenomenal. And um, whenever there was any type of issue, she was jumping in there and getting things situated and getting things um, back to where it needed to be so that I could train and do what, what I needed to do. I think that's a very important aspect of, of training is having someone that does have your best interest in mind while you train, because there's one thing on pushing yourself and, and, and every day just grinding it out. But there's, there's phases, as phases in life, there's phases in training. And there's the recovery aspect of it where, you know, obviously I'm sure sleep was a big part of it. Nutrition was a big part of it. What are some of the things that you were fairly um, habitual about for your training so that you knew when you woke up the next day, I feel pretty good. And it's because I've prepared for that recovery aspect of it. So you're absolutely right. Sleep was huge. Um, that was a big component. What I was eating was a big component. And then also, I think another piece of that would just be um, a little bit of quiet time. Um, and I know that might sound a little odd to some people, but a little bit of quiet time just to reflect on what it is that I'm currently doing and where I'm trying to go so I can stay on that path. And it wasn't as though my coach and I didn't have time to communicate or, you know, it was just kind of their way or the highway, but it was a team effort to figure out exactly 
how to go about getting there because you know if i'm a 200 meter runner and my training partner is a 200 meter runner we may not necessarily train the exact same way because we're, we're two different people mm-hmm. so some of the concepts that were working for me may not work for for her and vice versa so there was that constant communication too with with my coach that i think was extremely beneficial and helpful that as you as you move forward and you've got a, a really strong coach and someone that helps to inspire you in your life right now as a doctor of chiropractic yes folks out there she not only was an athlete and a um, chiropractor but I do recognize that she's gone the full circle with with this program is she's actually if I'm correct in saying this you're actually helping athletes now become the optimized performance athlete that they can be is that correct as well that's correct. Yes. So I've, I've gone ahead and put together a foundation. So it's the Range of Motion Foundation to help um, high school athletes get the, the services and care that they need from any from healthcare providers, basically, so that they can definitely reach the optimal potential that they want in their sports. Yeah. I'm oh, excited about that one. That that's outstanding. Awesome and it, it's such a bright light <laughs> yeah. too, because a lot of times as an athlete is competing, they may or may not know how good they are until someone actually taps them. And, and just like you, it's that beautiful, Hey, you know, you're pretty good. We should push you a little bit more and, and, and really consider training for the Olympics. And I'm sure there was a time as a young girl that you thought about how, how far can I take this athletic career? Can you just tell me as you were training as a youngster, did you ever think that you'd be an Olympic athlete? No, (laughs) actually I did not. I was trying to figure out how I could do it in college how I could get there and, and compete in college. And then after that, I'll figure it out. But the goal really was to, to get to college and, and, and figure out how I was going to um, just grow as a person, learn as a person. And like I said, it wasn't until my teammate actually said something to me because I had made some other national teams before that, but I wasn't thinking about the Olympics, because I thought, oh, well, you know, those guys are just on a, you know, just on another level. Mm -hmm. And then when I started to really think about it, and sit down and start to look at the numbers, like, okay, well, this is what they're, this is the times they're producing. These are the times I'm producing. Well, wait a minute, there, I actually, I actually might have a chance here. Hold on. (laughs) So then it's like the light bulb went off. And I was like, let's actually go for this one. Let's see if I can actually do this. And then to go back and do the nationals and make the team, I was like, blown away to the point where I almost didn't think it was real. Like, did I just make that? Did I just make that team? Like, I just made the team. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. (laughs) I I really love this story because it is adjusted reality podcast. And sometimes we sit back and we think, oh, these Olympic athletes wanted to be Olympic athletes since they were two years old. As soon as they started to walk, run, or, or talk, that's what they wanted to do. And that's why we love having you on this show is because there are opportunities in all our lives where we reflect for a moment and it changes the rest of our lives. And that's one of the things that I loved about your story. And it, and it gave me chills because it came from a place of just complete authenticity of being who you wanted to be. And then seeing that there's a bigger picture out there and you Mm -hmm. could go for that bigger picture. And 
for the for the love of chiropractic, how did you end up in biochemistry? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is really simple. So <laughs> when I started to look at the catalog to figure out what I was going to study, they had biology and I saw chemistry and I was like, I, I don't, I don't really think I'm a chemist really per se. And then I was like, oh, biology, that would be great. But I wonder if there's something out there that just kind of brings them all together. And then I started flipping through some more and I saw biochemistry. And I was like, oh, that's it. That's the one. That's what I need to study. Um, I love biology. I love how the, the, the human body works and functions. The chemistry behind it was always so appealing to me. And when I saw that there was a major that combined that together, I was sold. Oh, that's fantastic. It's a nice story because many don't know the, the, the journey that someone takes to become a doctor of chiropractic. So it's nice to hear how you molded the two together and knowing what the biology is about, but also seeing the um, sincere scientific aspect of the chemical reactions that make us who we are and the energy that creates our lives. You know, we can break it down to the, the microscopic level, but ultimately it's a machine that we drive to optimum performance. And you've taken that to the greatest level of achievement. And there's, a, there's a, an understanding that if it's a machine, it can break. And Unfortunately, when those machines do break, they tend to break in a way that the person is not prepared for. Because I think healing is two aspects. It's the physical and the mental. Mm -hmm. And being able, especially after listening to some of the podcasts before this, where we've talked to the fittest man in the world and how they had to come back from injury. Dr. Erica, tell us if you were to give our audience some advice, knowing that you were um, injured and how that impacted you right before you were supposed to perform, what would now be your biggest advice that you could give our listeners about how to stay injury free, no matter what type of training they're, they're involved in right now? I think some of the things that I did, but I, I think I could have done a little bit better was to have a very well-rounded team around me. Um, you know, a chiropractor, a nutritionist, things like that, I think would be good. Acupuncture, even massage therapist, things like that, I think would be extremely helpful because when you have a team that's communicating and looking out for your well-being, then it's, it's not so easy for things to fall through the cracks. And so that is going to help you with your injury prevention because you have somebody that's trying to keep things in alignment, which is the, the chiropractor. You've got somebody working on the muscles, trying to help you with the massage therapist. And then the, the nutritionist is the person who's giving you the, fu the fuel that you need so that you can push yourself to those levels that you need to in, in practice. So I, I wish I had put together probably a better, well-rounded team. And I think that um, for anybody going through this now or trying to figure it out now, I think trying to find a team of people would be ideal. And I want to say, too, that it's not just for the athletes. I think everyday person, you also need to have a team mm -hmm. um, because there's things that are going on that you don't know about because you're just not well versed in it. That's all. And when you have somebody in your corner to help you decipher what that MRI is saying or 
look at what your blood work is saying or to help you figure out why you have this knee injury. It's, it's huge. I think it's extremely important. So for athlete or non-athlete, I think devising a team is ab- absolutely essential. That is really excellent advice. I think being able to bounce the stress off of someone close to you as well on that mental aspect that, that many of us, especially if they're working from home and they feel a little more isolated during the pandemic, I think you're right. Having a team approach is a, a next step for keeping yourself injury free and trying to get moving through there. And there's one last piece that I think to me just delights me. And you're a mother of two children. Is that right? How are, how are they doing through all of the, the um, experiences and are they training for anything specific? They're in, they're young. So they're not training for much of anything at the moment. They're only eight and three. So they're, they're little, Um, but they are out being active. And so that's one thing that I can, can push for them because it's hard for little ones to be cooped up inside. So we uh, do our best, my husband and I, to get them out and, and active. My daughter is taking tennis, le- tennis lessons. And now that it's getting a little warmer, we're gonna try and incorporate some swimming lessons too for the both of them. And so with that, as long as you're able to keep them as active as possible, I think that kind of helps with feeling the, the anxiety, if you will, of being cooped up for so long. Absolutely. For all the parents that are listening, I think that Dr. Erica has a formula for success. Keep them very busy physically and that energy will be, will be well spent. And I want to thank you, Dr. Erica, for being on the Adjusted Reality podcast today, sharing with our listeners, giving them, you are clearly a role model to thousands of individuals across the nation to, to be the very best you can be. And also to your, children as well. I'm sure they're going to be looking up and thinking, my mom was an Olympic athlete. I want to try really hard to be the best I can be in whatever that's going to be. So I want to sincerely thank you, Dr. Erica, for sharing your wisdom, your passion, and your desire to make the nation a healthier, stronger, and more optimized um, performance athletes out there. And for everybody that needs a little push in the right direction, I think Dr. Erica nailed it. Get active, formulate your success, and try to be that, that person that you're proud of day by day. Dr. Erica, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning into Adjusted Reality as we spoke to Dr. Erica Witter Davis about the passion and drive it takes to become an Olympic athlete and what others can do to optimize their performance. She talked about three things that you can take away today. Meditate, take time to visualize your success. Where do you wanna be in a month, a year, 10 years from now? Also, find time for quiet time allowing you to reflect, recover, and relax. And last, injury prevention, where Dr. Erica talked about having a team to assist you with your goals for your optimum performance. This podcast was brought to you by the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress. Don't forget to subscribe, share the podcast with friends, rate, and review. If you're feeling inspired to learn more about chiropractic or to find a doctor of chiropractic near you, visit F4CP. 
org slash find a doctor. We appreciate your support and look forward to checking in with you again soon.